Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston. I'm an executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And I am super excited about the guests that I've brought for you today, so we are going to get right into it. So today on the show, I'd like to welcome Michael Gordon, 14-time serial entrepreneur, founder of Teladoc, and best-selling and award-winning author. As one of the pioneers of telemedicine, Michael helped create what is now a quarter-trillion-dollar industry. Michael's goal is to continue developing new ideas as well as technology that have a transformative foundation, generating returns for stakeholders. When it comes to new innovations, Michael's not afraid to take risks with industry-changing ideas. He joins us today to discuss goal-setting, creativity, and all the good stuff. So, Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, it's great to be here. It really is. This is such a fun studio. This is the funnest just kidding most <laughs> yeah. fun studio so um yeah. and and i love it so i always start the show asking how we got connected how did we get connected this is i love it because this is really the power of networking you were on a radio show that i was on you were on the J mamie show oh right and he tagged me and i'm always like you know creeping on his guest he <laughs> tagged me when he posted your episode and i was like I got to talk to that guy. And then I would just reached out to you on LinkedIn and you were kind enough to get back with me, which was really amazing. Well, it, so he's great, right? Absolutely. The, the Spanish, Spanish Harlem. You know that he's from there, right? No. Uh, every time I think of him, I can't stop thinking about that song. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway. So I think it's so amazing. And then the networking and the connecting didn't stop because one of your good friends happened to be recording here today. Correct. And yeah. Then, Fab Mancini. Yes. And then right. and, and tell us again what is what is Fab Fab's popular well, for or known Fab for. Fab is known for so many things. I we would be talking for fifteen minutes. But he started he he's the one who made Parker uh, college into what it is. But he's but he's a best selling author. He's been on CNN. He does <sighs> He's amazing. Yeah, and so it was so interesting because like you were talking to him and I walked up and we all start talking like we're all old friends and we're like, yeah, we're gonna connect you two. And I'm like, this is what I love about networking. Exactly. Especially people that know how to do it right. It's beautiful. It's, it, and so because of what you guys do at VIP, I mean, we can hit this over and over and over again because it's the most critical thing mm -hmm. that you can do is, is figuring out the best ways to network. Absolutely. You know, I recently, not that this is going to be about networking, but I just, I always bring this up at the beginning of the show just because it's so important. And mm -hmm. I like for people to see the different ways that you can connect with people too. You know, it's yeah. not, you can connect on LinkedIn, but you can connect like we just did or, but I just did a post, it was called the power of networking. And I went down, cause I keep a networking notebook. Mm -hmm. I went down the entire list chain of people that I met that finally introduced me to this candidate who I just got an offer for. Great. And it was like six, huh. six relations down. It was crazy. 
So those are the kind of things that get me up in the morning. Yep. So that's great. So tell me about you. Tell me a little bit about your background and how did you become an entrepreneur? Um, I grew up kind of on the poor side of middle class or maybe the rich side of poverty. (laughs) You know, I can't remember exactly what the best way to say that is, but um, I I had big dreams. And so I worked my way through college and um, became an engineer and started moving up in a company and it just wasn't moving fast enough for me. So I started my first entrepreneurial endeavor and I thought it was going to get rich. And then the thieves came. (laughs) (laughs) And so company number one took off and then crashed. Um, But, you know, they say you learn more uh, with your mistakes than Mm -hmm. you do with your successes. And we certainly learned a lot there. I think that's amazing. So do you know, like at what age? you realized that you were gonna have, that you had big dreams or do you just remember always having big dreams? I always had big dreams. I, when, when I was 10, I decided I wanted to be the first person on Mars. And I lived my life like I was gonna do that until I was probably early 30s. Wow. So it started early. You know? Yeah. And you know what? You still could be the first person on Mars. It could happen. <laughs> I know. That's true. That's true. I, I thought it was getting a little bit too old for that, but technology, you know, it's changing all the time. Well, and we have so many companies that are like focusing on that now. My so new company is. Your new company is. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to have a one-off and talk about that because sure. that fascinates me yep. as well. But um so you know that we help job seekers land their dream job, mm-hmm. um, which requires a great deal of self-motivation. As a successful entrepreneur, you had to stay motivated through it all in order right. to succeed. So what advice would you give an individual who might be looking for a job right now, maybe having a hard time staying self-motivated? Well, I, I think find the job that makes most sense to you, that you're most passionate about and let Thank your passion you. drive the the search and and ultimately the thing that we as em, employers are always looking for is passion it doesn't happen often enough and so if you're passionate about what you're wanting to do it will come across you'll probably get the job i think that is so important and i think that if you're not passionate about that job and i tell people this all the time you need to figure out why Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just sharing with you before we came on that I was in a career I did not love for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's what you went to school for. That's what you're supposed to do. You don't have permission to, you know, get out of the rut and do something different. But you do. You absolutely have permission to do something different if it's you, not serving you. You get one life. Yes. You might as well have fun with it. Absolutely. And it is what you create it to be. So, that's great. you know, make your choices you choose your own reality every single choice you make right the lens that you see the world through is the lens that's what's going to help create your reality so i love that stuff Mm -hmm. um so your best-selling book broken handoff talks about the lessons you learned from building 14 different companies Mm -hmm. if you had to choose one one lesson that you would share today or maybe two what do you think the most valuable lesson you learned in building I, your company? I think it's a combination of what we were just talking about, which is passion. Don't do it unless you're passionate, but remember that it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. sometimes really hard. So 
passion that starts with a P. Let's go to the next one, persistence. Mm. You have to have persistence because um, if you're doing something really great, everybody's gonna tell you, nah, it can't be done. Persistence is what gets it done. That's what did it at Teladoc. Yeah? So what prompted you to, to start Teladoc? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was revolutionary. It, well, so we have to give the credit for the idea to Jay Sanders. Okay. Uh, who, Thank who you, Jay. Who, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he created the idea in the, in the late 60s and um, used technology that we can't even imagine anymore. But I was climbing Kilimanjaro with a friend of mine who was an electrical engineer and a medical doctor. And he kept telling me, we need to build this company called Cyber Medical Services. The name made me want to puke. <laughs> uh, but thanks to some very smart people, we found a better name like Teladoc. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, but uh, you, you know, the young kids nowadays talk about billion dollar companies. They call them unicorns. And so I like to tell them that there are unicorns on Kilimanjaro. I found one. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in before we came on, you were talking about the name, which I thought was kind of interesting. So, kind right. of walk us through how you chose the name Teladoc. Well, I wish I could say it was me. It was probably Shannon Lines or Shelley or somebody like that, way smarter in marketing. But Tel Teladoc, we wanted a double entendre, and so if it was T E L E, which is the way most people spell it, mm -hmm. but it's wrong. Um, we did register that domain name, T-E-L-E-D-O-C, but we picked T-E-L-A-D-O-C because it's like telephone a doc or tell a doc. And that was the goal. That's amazing. And I love that y'all were so thoughtful and intentional when you were choosing the name because so many times people don't do, you know, and I'm guilty of that too, because, you know, I've got several projects, passion projects that I'm working on. I'm like, oh, this will work. And I don't think through all the ramifications further right. down the line, so. I think it comes down to simplicity. So it, we, we should always apply simplicity. Absolutely. And Teladoc is a simple name, but it means something. Yeah. yeah. So anytime that you are doing something completely new, right, and innovative, what were some of the challenges you faced with Teladoc when you were well, building that organization? The, the reason why Sanders created the idea in the 60s and nothing happened was because of resistance inside the industry, most specifically the boards of medical examiners. Mm -hmm. So most people who have heard me talk say that in the beginning, we built this model, we tested it, all of our patients loved it. We went to the Texas board of medical examiners and they said, Mr. Gorton, you're going to go to prison if you build this company. What? And so that was the challenge that we had to overcome. Uh, and uh, I think people had tried to overcome that challenge in the past with business warfare or legal warfare. And we chose not to do it that way. We, we instead went back to the Board of Medical Examiners and said, why is it wrong? And then we restructured our arguments so it made sense to them. Gotcha, gotcha. So I had no idea that they told you you were going to go to prison. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. It's, and you still did it. it, it <laughs> it's, you know, for the, for, the, for the young entrepreneurs that I'm trying to educate on, investors will always ask them, what keeps you up at night? 
Guess what kept me up at night at Teladoc? <laughs> it was those boards of medical examiners sending sheriffs and guns and things, you know, saying you're going to prison. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so you've started 14 different companies. Which one, if you could, would you say was probably the one you're most passionate about or your favorite company? You're kidding me, right? They're children. You know, you don't get well, to have a favorite. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so if I ask you which one was your favorite child, or any one of you out there, which is your favorite <laughs> child? <laughs> I feel I like my parents had a favorite, and it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Which I, which I, one would you say is the most is more of a passion project, maybe? Well, I think um, the all it's always the one I'm working on now. You know, I'm a big believer that you can't rest on your laurels. If you're going to keep building things, you have to keep passion moving forward and not looking back at the old stuff. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm working on a company called Recuro right now, and it is the next generation after Teladoc. Let's catch things before they become serious medical issues. Like every one of us has a friend who has been diag diagnosed with something, mm -hmm. cancer, diabetes, um, whatever. Why, why is that still happening? We have the technology now. And, and that same technology, what makes it really fun is we can start catching cancer before it becomes stage two and stage three. So it's a minor treatment rather than years of chemo. Right. Um, but using those same kind of modalities, we can keep people younger. And so one of the things that we say is, let's be preemptive about catching things that cost money and kill people. And at the same time, let's learn the 30 or 40 things that you have to do so that you don't age the way we're aging. And so there's a phrase nowadays that, at least people my age, I'm sure you're much <laughs> younger than me, but um, the people say 60 is the new 40. And, um, and I think we're probably 10 years away from truly being able to say 100 is the new 40, where we look and have the same strength at 100 that we did at 40. And that's one of the goals of Recuro Health. I love that, I love that. So I'm very curious, and I know this is kind of off topic, but I'm sure it will benefit. Somebody out there needs to hear this, right? Mm -hmm. Is this natural homeopathic type preventative care so that we become 100 is the new 40 or is it through medicines? Yeah. How are you hoping it's, to do this? It, it, it won't be one thing or two things or five things. It'll be 20 or 30 or 40 things that you do. Um, we're starting to understand one of the primary reasons that people age is something called a telomere, which is the end cap of the DNA. I've been studying those. And yeah, and they get shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. And now we're figuring out ways to lengthen them again. Yes. And so that will be one of the things that we'll do. But I think it, it's not going to be just eat well and exercise. It's those two are going to be in there, right. along with um, the right nutrients, um, vitamins, and and things. But there will be a lot of other biochemistry that we do. And um, you know we still have something called the Hayflick limit, um, which is a really interesting biological limit that seems to apply to all mammals. And that is for humans, it's about 120 years. And that's related to the telomeres. So if we can get, keep the telomeres from getting too short, does that mean that we're going to live longer? We don't know yet. We think so, but we don't know yet. 
That is so fascinating. I have been just recently tripped across the telomeres, and so I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I kind of want to go get mine measured, but I kind of don't. I'm kind of afraid they're going to be like, no, it said 40 is the 100 for you instead of the other way around. Well, we're going to find a way so it doesn't matter. Um, we're, we'll make it so that 100 is the new 40 for you. I am definitely going to have to keep an eye on this because I'm. Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff fascinates me. And I do a lot of natural ways for longevity. Um, but I'm going to be curious to see what you have coming out on that. <laughs> so... Okay, let's go back to our candidates for a second. So many of our candidates, they struggle with that open-ended question, you know, and how to answer that. So, and I know that you've probably mentored quite a few people because I remember our initial mm -hmm. conversation when I asked you, why did you take this call? And you're like, it, can you tell that story real quick? It was your somebody that you reached out to early in your career. Yes, so I, th I think from a mentoring perspective, you always have to find, now, once you get successful, your job should be to give back. I got successful, I didn't have the same resources as somebody who is wealthy, whose father was a CEO or something like that. And so, kind of had to drag the hard way into it. And so I appreciated the first time somebody came to me who was well known, who mm -hmm. said, I will help you. And, and, and I think that's the thing that we have to do after we get successful. We have to find those people with the great ideas that are willing to do the work and help them. I think that is beautiful and I love your give back spirit. I think it's so important. Have you um, heard of the book, The Go-Giver? No. So, and he, Bob Berg was actually on the show, but it's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. It's, it's not a very long read. It's a but, great title. Yeah, <laughs> The Go-Giver. He also has The Go-Seller and all these other ones, too. He's got a whole line of them, but The Go-Giver really spoke to me. In fact, when I am mentoring these kids that I catch coming out of college, this is the first book I give them because it's such a good model to follow because it's not, it's called The Five Principles of, um, oh, I should know this off the top of my head. Anyway, but basically it's about you give, but you allow yourself to receive too, because one mm. of them is the law of reciprocity. Right. And that's where I struggled. Yeah. I didn't want people giving it to me because I thought it made me weak. Right. 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 But having changed that mentality to where I now receive, like when you introduced me to fabs earlier, mm -hmm. you know, that's an introduction that though I may not have deserved it, I certainly welcomed it mm -hmm. and appreciated it. So I think that's right. so important. Right. I think, and, and that's one of the easiest things. We have this network of friends. Fab Mancini is one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, who, uh, if he calls me and says, will you help this person? I say yes. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. And so we all understand that sort of network of, we got here because people helped us. Yes. And, and we have to be willing to do that again. And the ones that aren't, we don't want them in our network. Exactly. I think that's beautiful. So along those lines, I, that took a long way to get to this question. <laughs> what advice would you or give to someone to help them craft a response to an open-ended question? The, I, I think the right answer to a question is going to really rely on what's in your heart. And so if somebody's asking you, if you're sitting in a job interview and somebody's asking you a question that you have no idea how to answer, you're in the wrong room. Yes. Um, it, I remember 
uh, one of my college interviews, it was with an aerospace company that I really wanted to go work for. And I researched that company so much that when the interviewer asked me questions, I was answering with things that she didn't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I had to educate her. Um, so if you're passionate about it, you'll know. If you're in the wrong place, you, know, you should know that also. You know, I believe in, some people call them coincidences. Some people, I like to think of them as synchronicities. I don't think there's any coincidences. I think everything happens right. for a reason. You're right where you're supposed to be. Trust the journey. And I think it's interesting that you just answered that with, answer with your heart because mm -hmm. literally my last guest almost said the exact same thing wow yeah it just gave me chills telling you that so <laughs> there you go people answer with your heart <laughs> you know <laughs> you that's mm -hmm. and, and i think when people do that and they show up authentically and they show up genuine you know it just makes life so much better right it does you know on both sides absolutely mm -hmm. i think one of the things that i've learned is that I used to be one of those type of people, like I would want to try to control what you thought about me mm -hmm. and it would drive me nuts and I'd write all these scripts in my head about it. And I think when I finally gave that up and embraced what's in my heart and what I'm passionate about, and I don't care, you know, a lot of people make fun of me because I do a because I started a podcast. They, you know, make fun <laughs> of me because I, you know, put myself out there on the news and I'm just like, it's, you're not my tribe, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I don't care. You know, I'm doing what makes me happy. So I think that's really important that we do that. In life. It is. It is. You'll do it better if it makes you happy. So, and, and we kind of talked about this, but I just really want to emphasize the importance of networking. You mm. know, I mean, can you think of a time where somebody other than the one we just talked about reached out a hand to you and lifted you up and pulled you up to, so that you could be successful? Sure over and over and over and over again. I look for mentors today, even though I mentor a lot of people. And, um, and some of them are younger than me. The chairman of my current board is a good friend now, and I see him as a mentor. Um, but, you know, I think you have these different perspectives and you can learn something from everybody. Mm. And, um, and, you know, everybody's got a network too. Yeah, again, <laughs> synchronicities. <laughs> so that was one of the pieces of, pieces of advice that my mentor gave me is that you have somebody that's older than you, but mm. you get somebody that's younger than you too, because it's a totally different perspective. Right, right. That's some good advice yeah. right there. Yep. Yesterday in the studio was Julian Policino. He's probably half my age. Yeah. Um, and um, I always tell him, hey, I want to be the president of your fan club. Um, <laughs> He's a great so, guy. Yes, he is. He is. So I'm sure he would let you too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. His fiance may fight with me over it. <laughs> oh, is she the president right now? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness. This has been such an amazing conversation. I have so enjoyed this. And um, how do people find you? How do they? LinkedIn. LinkedIn. That's mm -hmm. how I found you. Right. That's... Yeah. It works. Yeah. It's such a great uh, business tool. Absolutely. And uh, talk about networking. That's mm -hmm. like... Seriously, like I saw you because I was tagged on something that you were in. Right. That's right. how I got connected to you. Mm -hmm. So it works. It definitely works. You know, it you does. just got to use it and you've got to be responsive to it. Like right. you can't just have a LinkedIn and not ever look at it. <laughs> there are there are those out there, aren't I there? I <laughs> know. I in them all the time and they don't respond. 
I got it. Yeah, because that's that's the primary way that we reach out to potential candidates is through LinkedIn. Okay. And you know they're not looking. If I see they only have ten connections, I'm like, yeah, don't waste your time. Right. Because they're not using mm-hmm. this very well. But it's definitely. Do you have? Um, so I'm sure we're cur- Curo has a website. It does. That we can go to. It's recurohealth.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. Follow your longevity studies and mm-hmm. everything that you're doing. Yep. Do you have anything new coming up? can't talk about it, right? Oh. oh, wait a minute. So we didn't say anything about Back to Space, which okay. I think is really exciting. Yeah. And um, we're going to be building a facility, which will be a, sort of a corporate events. Um, the, the Jeff Crilly people who <laughs> have recorded here will right. know what I mean there. Yep. But sort of the Jeff Crilly of space, but just outside of Fort Worth. Okay. in Jacksboro, Texas. And um, on the outside, it's going to be a corporate events center. But on the inside, it's going to be one of the most fantastic international go-to destinations. So people will come from all over the world to see this place. And I won't say anything more than that, but it's on Back to Space website. Okay. I'm going to have to go check that out, too, because I know <laughs> yeah. you've mentioned that several times, so I know this is definitely a, something pretty dear to your heart. Another change the world kind of fun thing. <laughs> Man, you're going to leave us hanging today. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Stay tuned, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you back on when you can talk more about it for right. sure. So, right. Well, I want to get to our VIP questions. So, okay. And I think you're really going to enjoy the first one. I know you've probably had a sneak peek at them. I did. But I'm so super curious to hear your answers to this one. Yeah. So if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, mm. what three things or people would you bring with you? So, and let me remind you so you don't get in trouble, your wife is listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I grew up wanting to be the first person on Mars. And my theory was if I was an engineer, a scientist, and a medical doctor, they'd have to pick me because they get three for the price of one, right? Yeah. And so y- you want somebody like that, but no person should ever do, a- even when we landed people on the moon. Um, it was two guys that, well, it was one that stayed up. That was a very lonely person who yeah. stayed up circuiting. Um, but uh, so obviously you want to bring somebody along with whom you're very compatible. A spouse is a good thing. Um, and uh, so that's for one, right? Yes, that's one. <laughs> the, the next thing is you've got to have a resource so you can solve every problem. And yeah. I, th- I think so you have to have internet access you have to have something that will give you access to the internet on Mars. Sometimes it's going to be 23 minutes away, but um, but you can wait for the answers mostly. And then um, and you, you sort of mentioned Shelley a second ago. So she said seeds, and I think that's you know if you have seeds, you can plant things, mm-hmm. and the seeds will produce oxygen and they'll produce food. And they'll give you something to work on. I love that movie, The Martian. I do too. He, he <laughs> I was just thinking potatoes in my he, head. Yeah, potatoes. <laughs> he, did, he did such a great job um, with that. So okay. those are the three things. I like it. And it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, I'm very curious. Okay. I'm curious for all the answers for, to mm-hmm. these questions, but particularly you, because you have been such a heavy hitter and such a go-getter mm-hmm. for your entire life. So... What is one thing you do each morning to set your day up for success? Um, I, well, if you start early and you do exercise or something to get your heart rate up early in the morning, you're going to be more efficient all day long. I usually don't eat until noon. Um, uh, I, I li- really like this inter- uh, in- intermittent fasting um, 
concept and it, it makes me work better in the morning. But I think getting your uh, pulse rate up, do whatever you like doing for that. I think that's very much have been a recommendation from a lot of people. So right, right. are you familiar with the Miracle Morning? I, somebody was talking to me about it recently, so a little. And yes. so that's one, he calls him, Hal Elrod is the author, um, and it's great. That's really where that question came from, mm -hmm. was me reading The Miracle Morning. And, um, but he went and researched like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of successful people to see what they did each morning. Mm -hmm. And what he found out was they all did different things, but kind of the same. And so he right. came up with, he pulled, pulled all those things together. He calls them the savers. And he set up a miracle morning. It's a routine. Hmm. And it's, oh, I won't go through them right now. It's like six of them, but it's, it's, it's a good read. I would, I, I say it's changed my life since I did it. So there's then that. We should all do it. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay. My final question. If your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? Taking nothing creating something significant and then figuring out how to inspire the next generation to do the same. I like it, especially the part about inspiring the next generation. So now we need a now we need somebody from the newspaper to tur turn that long sentence into, <laughs> you know, three words. I'm sure there are three words. I have no idea what they are though. <laughs> Me either right now. So Michael, this has been an absolute pleasure. I so appreciate your time today and for sharing your wisdom and your success with our audience. I just have one last thing to say to you. Okay. You are a VIP. Thank you. I appreciate that. So are you. <laughs>